Listen, do you hear that sound? It started low, but it's getting progressively louder. Into a crescendo, even louder. Irresistible ending in an ear-splitting blast of mass disruption. That's the sound of America's economic and political systems crashing to the ground. But we have a plan. We will be ready to restore political sanity. We will be ready to answer the call of productive America. We will restore America's industrial base and put America back to work. We will shut down political correctness and restore decency and positive media to America. We will save our constitution, our traditional way of life, our customs, and religion. We will restore sound money and crush the debt-based system of monetary slavery. And we will end America's foreign misadventures. We are the American Freedom Party, and we have a plan. Learn more about us, theamericanfreedomparty.us. Now's your chance to get the last of the Resolution Radio Blood Teams. Only a few left available before we try to do a reorder. This has been a high-selling item, and we really appreciate everyone's support in getting this shirt and showing their pride as well as showing their heritage. Nothing counts more than blood. Get yours today from Resolution Radio for only $25 plus $5 shipping and handling. It really helps the network improve, and you really get a great product to showcase what you truly believe in. Nothing counts more than blood. Only from Resolution Radio at ResolutionRDO.com. Send check, money order, or well-concealed cash to Sonny Thomas at P.O. Box 27, Springboro, Ohio, 45066. That's Sonny Thomas at P.O. Box 27, Springboro, Ohio, 45066. Today we call it bone broth, and for thousands of years our ancestors enjoyed its benefits before it became lost to our modern diets of processed junk. We are now introducing Caveman by InfoWarsLife.com, the ultimate in true paleo nutrition with bone broth, turmeric root, chaga mushroom, and seven total primal superfoods in a single great-tasting formula. Caveman. It's those people living in the wilds having to actually build civilization that are our superior ancestors, and we need to do everything we can to recapture that. Every Everyone knew that you used all the parts of the animal. You used the meat for sustenance, the fat for cooking, but you used the bones for strength. From the outside structure full of minerals and key cofactors to the marrow that produces the blood for the body, this is the engine of the life essence. I'm a long way from the caveman my ancestors were, but I'm sure as hell trying to get back to that essence that made us what we were, and this is a big part of it. I know you're going to want to check out Caveman Ultimate Paleo Formula for yourself and ForwardsLife.com today. Is there a count somewhere? You're listening to Resolution Radio. Radio. Now they're warning and telling you, and I think that American companies are coming next into this fray, to tell you that for your own good, for the responsible decision, you're basically a nitwit that can't choose which car to own. So we're going to choose for you. And we're going to make sure that it isn't, you know, that awful gas, awful diesel. How horrible. They're so benevolent and so trying to help us make decisions. No, they are just part of the Great Reset. It's plain and simple. And this is starting. So what are you going to do? What are we going to do? What plans do you have? 
to circumvent this? How are you uh, going to be able to make decisions in the future? Companies just will not be short up with funding and they will die. The ones that do not complement or go all in on the Great Reset. That's what's so scary about this. We don't realize that the impact of what they're doing, not the impact on the environment, is what is going to harm us. Welcome back to The Alex Jones Show. I'm your guest host, Kate Daly from katedalyradio.com. So glad to be here with you today. And I have several things I want to talk about. Number one, student loan announcements just made. Uh, number two, companies that are already starting to implement the Great Reset by stopping the production of diesel vehicles. And some climate change questions for you that are so obvious. Well, I know why they're not talked about. <laughs> In mainstream, of course, they can never point out the obvious. You have a bunch of talking heads with nice teeth and they can't do it. Uh, and I want to talk about a death. I know, a death. But there's a good message behind this. And so let's get started, shall we? So King Fraud a lot just announced that certain Pell Grant users, meaning most of them, meaning all of them, are probably going to get their $20,000 knocked off their student loan. Okay. And if you didn't get Pell Grants, you're going to get 10000 knocked off, you know, just because they love you, right? And they're calling it student forgiveness. Student forgiveness. I find that word so odd. What in the hell is forgiveness? <laughs> forgiveness is what you get when you break your neighbor's window. It is not because you signed a contract to pay for something that you are receiving and then just decide that you don't want to pay. But I guess that's where we're going with this. So free college here, free college there. It's a little like Oprah. You get a free college. You get some free college. Everyone gets free college. Really, to I don't know. I, I'm not quite sure why this is going on or why people aren't questioning the word forgiveness. But I saw it again, even on local broadcasts, even in state news. Um, the, the papers everybody relies on and trusts and thinks that they are not part of this big newspaper cabal. And so you signed up to pay a loan. So you could go to college, but you get into college and you just don't want to pay for it. So why is every mainstream, why is every mainstream outlet calling it this? I mean, are they providing an apology for turning you into a liberal progressive? Are they providing an apology for not teaching you anything that matters? Is this where the word forgiveness comes from? I don't know. How does forgiveness become part of the equation all of a sudden? Why the word forgiveness? It's very, very strange, right? Are we forgiving your ability to, I don't know, exercise your signature on a contract? Are they going to start doing this with everything else? And then what happens to that very thing when we demean it so badly that we want to offer it for free? There is no such thing as free ever. And we all know this. Everybody's paying for this. Don't count on the journalists out there to educate anybody. They're just going to keep calling it free and they're going to keep calling it forgiveness for a reason. They don't want you to think it's anybody else's money. Chris Ann Hall, the constitutional expert who I've had on here before, uh, said this. She said, you know, I've studied all through history, government all through history, thousands of years, right? And what grows the fastest and greatest through the mechanism of government generosity? Government generosity. Generosity grows the most. I love that word. It's just like forgiveness. Really? It's bizarre. Anyway, this mechanism 
always operates by unjustly enriching some at the expense of others. It's also interesting to note that people don't generally get upset about this mechanism of government because they think it benefits them. They're getting a piece of the pie, ladies and gentlemen. They're getting some of the action. And whenever we get a personal piece of the action, we don't say much about it, right? We let it go. People throughout history tend to get upset when government growth that unjustly enriches others at their expense, she says, how much simpler and juster government would it be if we understood that the government doesn't lawfully possess an authority to be generous to anyone? Government does not earn its own money. Government must take money to have money. Taking money from one person to another is always considered theft, regardless of who is doing the taking, even when it benefits you personally. For government to take and give away money, the people must authorize those in government the power to steal their money at will. will. This is the greatest expansion of power possible on this earth and the authority to take from uh, others, whatever, however, and whenever you want, for whatever reason you want, government generosity is sinful and tyrannical and we must all refuse government generosity. It is other people's money. Whether you want to recognize that or not, The fact still remains, government has no money. Isn't it interesting that most of the, uh, from the election coup that happened, most in power have always worked with government. Biden has never really had a job outside of government, right? Bernie Sanders, never really a job outside of government. Always paid by your tax dollars. And might I add, in large quantities, coming out very rich. China. Just remember China. Anyway, so I wanted to mention this too. Uh, The bank will end loans in Australia for new gas and diesel cars. And buyers will only get loans for making the right decision. And this comes to us from Western Journal. This is really important because everybody's been talking about the ESG score. I remember talking about this five or six, seven years ago when we were outing a video about this that was going to soon turn into China's mechanism for lending money. You get this score, just like your credit score, but it's a government love score. And people didn't believe us. They thought we were wacko. They thought we were crazy for even bringing this up. That could never, ever happen. Well, it is happening. In fact, a couple of months ago in the news, they said it was only developing in China. No, it's there. It's there in China. And so this ESG score, the initials stand for Environmental, Social and Governance. And the scores received, the the, the scores that businesses receive can determine what they have access to in capital. This is what the Great Reset is. Um, And Alex Jones, I'm pretty sure, has a book on this subject. But what's interesting about the ESG score and what's scary about it is that it's already being implemented around the world. And everybody has some, you know, might have some different names for it, but here it's the ESG score. And so if you are not going to uphold the green agenda, the crazy green agenda, uh, the Klaus Schwab's of the world uh, that uh, promise us we'll own nothing and be happy. The green agenda is all about, do you buy in as a company? And I don't think it's going to matter what the size of the company is. If you do not buy in, to the LGBTQ, trans, um, you know, pro-trans, pro-everything, change your business to meet these crazy new standards for that, and to also uh, change up everything to be green, you just won't exist because you won't get money. It's like the worst fascism you could ever, ever even imagine, right? And so now uh, Australia comes out and they say, we think that the responsible thing for us to do next 
well, I'm pretty sure it's just to get more money, is to ensure that our vehicle lending doesn't lock our customers into those bad, awful, high carbon emissions and increasingly expensive running costs in the years ahead. Oh, Australia Bank, you're so amazing. And uh, of course, there's the Bank of Australia's uh, chief impact officer. That is actually a real name, not a Babylon Bee and, uh, or the onion. And they basically said this, our announcement today is the beginning of a conversation with our customers and a signal to the wider market that if you're considering buying a new car, you should think seriously about an electric vehicle, both for its impact on climate and its lifetime cost savings. Don't look at the sticker shock. Don't look at the $60,000 you're gonna pay. No, just look at the impact on climate. What impact? Can you identify the impact? that cars have already made? I don't think you can. I don't think you can. And I'm sorry, what conversation with the customers? What customers are you talking to? I don't ever remember having conversations like this with my own bank. Hmm. And a signal to the wider market? No, you're signaling the powers that be uh, to get some funding for your bank to make sure that you stay afloat as we progress into the, the Great Reset. That's what it's all about. And now it's starting. So. Now they're warning and telling you, and I think that American companies are coming next into this fray to tell you that for your own good, for the responsible decision, you're basically a nitwit that can't choose which car to own. So we're going to choose for you and we're going to make sure that it isn't, you know, that awful gas, awful diesel, how horrible. Oh, they're so benevolent and so trying to help us make decisions. No, they are just part of the Great Reset. It's plain and simple. And this is starting. So what are you going to do? What are we going to do? What plans do you have to circumvent this? How are you uh, going to be able to make decisions in the future? Companies just will not be short up with funding and they will die. The ones that do not complement or go all in on the Great Reset. That's what's so scary about this. We don't realize that the impact of what they're doing, not the impact on the environment, is what is going to harm us. I'll be right back. I'm your guest host for The Alex Jones Show. I'm Kate Daly, katedalyradio.com. Be right back. Welcome back to The Alex Jones Show. I'm Kate Daly, your guest host from katedalyradio.com. Talking about ESG, I don't know if people were noticing back in 2020 when they were just trying to survive with their businesses and we had the havoc of a huge lie told to us um, to keep our, our nation locked down and non-functioning, uh, that new articles were coming out about this new ESG practice in China and its implications in foreign affairs. Georgetown even wrote a piece on this back in 2020 telling us it was coming and also telling us that it had the potential I had the potential to be a tool for Chinese foreign policy. They just really didn't want to talk about the fact that it was already coming here, that it was already being implemented. And there were strings attached, more government money to those companies who play along and just go along with this whole nightmare, right? And so they had the ESG regulations globally increasing tenfold after over the last 15 years without us really realizing it. The messaging was out there, everything was out there, but they weren't really implementing, implementing until now and until the last couple of years. And so what they were basically uh, talking about was China's Securities Regulatory Commission in collaboration with their Ministry of Environmental Protection. 
and they introduced all these new requirements. And by the end of 2020, they were going to mandate all listed companies to disclose their ESG risks associated with their operations. So you get money, you get money if you disclose what you are doing. And, and so that way they could keep track of exactly what you're doing to penalize you. And so were they serious about instilling all these new SG regula- ESG regulations? Of course they were. Of course they were. And then they said that we all had to meet a global standard. And this is how it sort of rolled out. Uh, their move from a voluntary disclosure regime to mandatory one uh, started to happen. And of course, this is going on in all different nations too, France, everywhere else, right? Australia. And so all these large firms, public interest firms, they had to start disclosing environmental, social and employee related matters such as um, anti-bribery, corruption and human rights performance. Those are all lovely words that sound really nice to somebody without a brain cell. But what it really was about their version of human rights is the green agenda. How is that, you know, going to affect everybody? So the human rights is really how green are you? Um, Because that is their version of rights. And so, of course, we started doing this in the UK um, and the actual disclosing actual greenhouse gas emissions and diversity and human rights, whatever, under the Companies Act of 2006. And in the United States, the Securities and Exchange Commission required all listed firms to disclose their environmental compliance. Papers, please. You will comply. So the compliance expenses. So moreover, there's this new movement towards increasing ESG requirements in the SEC's mandatory integrated disclosure regime. So voluntary to mandatory, which it always is. They always introduce it as voluntary. It doesn't matter what we're talking about, sadly. And so they started talking about it overseas, the Asia Pacific markets, and then it gets to where we're at. And of course, they talk about the fact that uh, reporting is voluntary in Australia and Japan, Singapore and Hong Kong. uh, Reporting obligation is on to comply or explain. You get to explain why you're not complying. Sure, that goes over well. Do you just disappear in China if you try to explain and not comply? Hmm. Anyway, uh, across the regions, China being no exception, led to an increase in the volume of ESG disclosures. Because why? Because companies want money and they want favors from government. And this is how you know, uh, back in the day, back in the uh, bloated COVID era, uh, a couple of years ago, all the companies were going all in, right? The signage, the uh, ridiculous rules, the mask Nazis, everybody was running around showing how compliant they truly are. So disgusting. Anyway, so China, the top manufacturing location for 500 firms, isn't that convenient? Um, It makes their performance critical, right? So of course, they're going to bow down to China. We're bowing down to China, right? Right, Hunter? Right, Biden? Right? Being brought a lot? Yeah. We're, We're bowing to them, very subservient. And so this, of course, is the new thing. I also recognize that back in 2020, they also said five-year plan approved by the fourth session of their 12th National People's Congress in China in March of 2016. And it links the 2030 agenda with domestic mid long-term development strategies, right? Why is it it's always a five-year plan? You know, 
check your city and your county for their new developing five-year plans because they seem to be in love with the communist idea that everything needs a five-year plan. Passing budgets every year, and you'll notice this in cities and counties across America right now, what they do is they implement five-year plans to gouge you for them right now. And how they do that is they say, well, we need, we need, we need, could be a recession coming. So we need these five-year plans to tax you now so that we have things later when we need them. You know, when you're passing budgets every year, you don't need to do that. Did you know that? You simply don't need to do it. But they're going to con you into thinking that five-year plans are just the best thing since sliced bread. And five-year plans are the agenda. Agenda for everything. It's coming up in everything. So. As we're walking into this new era of ESG compliance, it takes businesses complying, right? Because there's not enough minions to run these things. The people that think of these things can't do it alone. They just need compliant companies. And why are they doing it? Well, the green movement. I'd like to ask you a few questions about that. Do you know there's one question that climate enthusiasts, I'll just call them that, boneheads, but enthusiasts, we'll go with climate enthusiasts, seem to never be able to answer. One single question that honestly draws a blank and draws a face like this. Seriously, I'm not joking. And the question is, over the last 60, 70 years that we've been talking about this, how has climate change affected you? You'll never see anyone, I'm not joking, in mainstream media ever ask this question. How has human-caused climate change affected your life? And can you give it to me in details? Because I'm sure after this entire time, right, we went through the 70s where we were all going to be popsicles. We went to 2013, promised by Al Gore, even won the Nobel Prize, that we were going to be fried eggs on the sidewalk. How actually has climate change really affected your life? Look back at your last 40, 30, 40, 50, 60 years. How have you been impacted by human-caused climate change? Most people can't answer this. No one can answer this. Why is that? Because there is no answer. There is literally no answer. Your lives haven't been changed or altered. Do you remember the gal in the 90s who was spewing climate change and she was going to be dead by the end of the decade? Yeah, she went on to get married and have a couple kids that are pretty much grown now. Hmm. How does that happen? How does that happen? I thought the world was going to end. We were promised. She was screaming from the pulpit. She just ended up being what? Some ambassador's daughter uh, that they got to come in and scream about climate change. She was the pre-Greta version. Yeah. Uh, the free zombie, the, the pre-zombie version. Anyway, she went on to have a family. You don't really hear her spouting that the world's going to end anytime soon. Nope. And none of you have been affected by climate change, human-caused climate change, because it's just cyclical. I'll be right back. I'm Kate Daly, your guest host. DNA Force Plus. After almost a year of being out of stock, is now exclusively available at InfoWarsStore.com. PQQ and CoQ10 are on record as making the telomeres in your DNA last longer. This is as close as the fountain of youth as you're going to get. 
And on top of that, this great product funds the InfoWar, which defends liberty and freedom and your Second Amendment and your First Amendment and so much more at a critical time. So it is a true 360 win-win situation when you go to InfoWarsStore.com and get DNA Force Plus, finally, our flagship product, back in stock. It keeps us on the air, and it's going to sell out quick. But despite that, we're offering it for 50% off at InfoWarsStore.com to support our longtime viewers and listeners and for new folks to take advantage of it. Back here with you on the Alex Jones Show. So glad to be a part of your day today. I'm Kate Daly, your guest host. And, you know, I don't mind talking about this subject because it's such a boneheaded subject. <laughs> I hate to be mean, but if you still believe in this 60 years later, and I always say, you know, you have your your climate theorists, okay, that is a true theory. They They believe a theory. Now, to be fair, they could say the same thing about me, right? I think the Fed, the Federal Reserve is going to go belly up. I think uh, I think our currency is over. I think that government is trying to control and take liberty. Now, which one of us truly has history backing us up? I'm going to go with me. <laughs> I'm going to go with me. I actually have history backing me up because what is government capable of? Only one thing. They can only move forward to strip your liberty and to do it under lies. That's what they've always done for centuries. And, a st and when I study history, this is, this is what you see. Climate theorists, <laughs> so coincidence theorists and climate theorists believe that the world is going to end for 60 years. Now, climate change is always put out 10 years ahead. Why is that? Well, if they did 20 years, you wouldn't pay any attention and it wouldn't catch your immediate focus, okay? 20 years is too long. But if you make it 10 years, that at the beginning of every decade, you're going to die at the end of every decade, conveniently. And then we start again. We start anew. So in the 60s, in the 70s, uh, Life Magazine, Time Magazine was promising us that we were going to be doomed and turned into icicles and the biggest freeze to ever hit mankind by 1979. Did it happen? No. And then in the 80s, the warming started again with gore. And, uh, and I'll talk about that for just a moment. So in 1970, Earth Day, right? Earth Day had its big debut. And of course, New York Times had a huge article about this. And it was like, oh, the Earth, the Earth, the Earth, the Mother Earth. We should all worship the Earth. Forget about God, just worship the Earth. And, uh, and, that, and they also played the Indian crying commercials. And all of a sudden, everybody was polluting everywhere. Now, as you were probably driving around, if you were alive in this era, you were driving around and noticing that, no, not everybody was polluting everything. But they wanted you to think that every body of water was now be becoming extinct and that we were just trashing the place all of the sudden. After years of never mentioning this at all, we get to the 1970s and we have the crying Indian who wasn't even an Indian. He was actually Italian, uh, dressed up with a feather in his head to tell us that we were ruining every lake and every body of water and every piece of land. In America. And of course, the EPA got rolling 10,000 employees overnight. And all of a sudden, we had a huge agency uh, to then go into the 70s to hide um, what was uh, also considered the oil shortage at the time, which wasn't actually going on. We have plenty of reserves here, but they wanted it to look like uh, to look like the, the world was being upended by everything environmental that had to do with gas and oil, everything else, right? 
And this is what started this whole nonsense. But let me bring you back, because I like to go back in history and look at headlines a little bit. The Harvard biologist George Wald estimated that civilization would end by 1985 or 2000 unless immediate action was taken against problems facing mankind. And so people heard this over and over and over again. Paul Ehrlich uh, said population will inevitably and completely outstrip whatever small increases in food supplies we make. And the death rate will increase until at least 100 or 2 million people per year will be starving to death by 1980. And it was all due to human-caused climate change. Wow, that's amazing, isn't it? All due to human-caused climate change. And most of the people who are going to die in the greatest cataclysm in history of man have already been born. And this was uh, by 1975, Paul Ehrlich said food shortages will have escalated the present level of world hunger and starvation to famines of unbelievable proportions. The only thing affecting our food supply is a manufactured crisis that they are doing themselves in government, not because of climate change. Yet we were promised from early on, from the 1960s on, that we would die of these things. Paul Ehrlich also uh, predicted in 1970 that air pollution is certainly going to take hundreds of thousands of lives in the next year alone. Pollution cannot make a dent in climate change, just like it cannot change the sun coming up tomorrow. There is no way to do that at all. In fact, it's completely bogus. You can, you can take companies that offer up their level of pollution and do what you want to those certain companies, but it has nothing to do with cyclical climate change. That is 400 cycles, 800 year cycles and thousand year cycles. You can't do anything about it, right? And so of course, uh, the uh, ecologist Kenneth Watt declared Back in the day, in the 70s, by the year 2000, we will be using up crude oil at such a rate there won't be any more crude oil left. Sure glad God made a really great world that renews itself. Anyway, they do the same thing with water too. They treat it as if uh, you can't get water out of the ground like they did for civilizations, but it can only come from uh, snowpack and rain, and it can only come um, from government because government now handles all your utilities and water, don't they? We've gotten used to it. It didn't always used to be like that. We used to actually go down for primary water where it's very renewable. So all of these lies, Gore was even elected uh, in the 80s because of these lies, because he listened to a German Nazi scientist theory, wasn't even fact, and the guy even said it wasn't a fact, Hans Seuss, a German scientist, um, that said that we could be warming. So what did he do? He rode that lie all the way in to his cash cow and became a, a person in government paid by our government, making millions off of our government for decades. And he's still around with the same old boring story that we're all going to shrivel up from the heat. So why does this happen? How does this happen? Well, uh, let, me give you, let me give you just a little snapshot of history for just one moment, because I'm going to ask the very obvious questions. And you might want to bring this up to the climate enthusiasts that you probably have in your family. Everybody does, okay? We've been told for 20 or more years that ice was disappearing. So why hasn't it all disappeared yet? It must be on a very slow burn. <laughs> so we still have lots of ice. What's the deal? They can't just keep up the headline that it's disappearing for 20 years, can they? Do you want the answer to that? Yes, they can. And they do it with a smile and they do it because they think we're that stupid that we won't recognize that it's actually never gone. 
Same thing with the polar bears. They show a sick polar bear on the cover of Time and they say, oh my gosh, all the polar bears are sick. Nobody knew he was diseased. That finally came out later. But if the polar bears are dying off for 20 years, well, why are they all dead? Where are they all buried? There should be none left. But they think we're so stupid that we'll still believe the articles that say the polar bears are still dying. For 20 years of his career, Leonardo DiCaprio, DiCaprio <laughs> said that the polar bears were dying and the ice is disappearing as he flies his little fancy jet all over the world. That's so interesting. 20 years of this? Leonardo? Really? How do you still stand there and say it with a straight face? They're not buried everywhere. We're not seeing carcasses of polar bears and only one left, are we? I mean, come on, how many times can you tell this lie, right? Can we ever look at the obvious? Can we ever look that uh, these theories came from the Nazi scientists? Hmm, that we brought over in Operation Paperclip? What, why in the world do we not talk about this more? Al Gore uh, claimed his stake in the Senate solely on this garbage of lies. Why isn't he ever called out on it? In fact, he's not called out on it. He gets the Nobel Prize. Good grief. And you know what's, what, what I said before as I went out of break uh, last time? Look, you can't ask somebody, what, how has climate change affected you? Because it hasn't. If climate change were a thing, you would have seen in your life, think back on all the memories of your life, you would have been impacted by it somehow. You never were. It's the biggest farce, the biggest lie that they've told. And I agree with billionaire Dan Pena when he says anything we do isn't a fart in the wind. <laughs> it can't be. You can't affect anything that happens on a cyclical nature, just like you can't affect fall coming in later than usual. It's cyclical. And I went back into history and I proved it. I saw it for myself. All the times we had droughts, all the times we had famines, all the different times. It's cyclical. I'll be right back. I'm Kate Daly, your guest host for The Alex Jones Show. Thanks for watching The Alex Jones Show. I'm Kate Daly, your guest host from katedalyradio.com. Happy to be with you today. Somebody died in June and it went completely unrecognized. He was a boy. He was 14 years old. But he wasn't an ordinary boy. And I want to tell you why I'm talking about this today. It's important. He was homeschooled. He was taken out of the system so he could flourish. And he took care of his disabled parents and his autistic older brother. And he even wrote an autobiography. Don't tell me I can't. Don't tell me I can't. And it was written by his pen name, Cole Summers. He was actually named Kevin Cooper. Kevin called this his first me do it moment. He was four years old the first time he helped take apart an engine and rebuild it. Before that, he was helping changing uh, tires and uh, taking off the lug nuts at age three. He treasured uh, trying to learn from men in their 90s. He loved older folks. And he thought that learning from his own experience was nonsense. He says, it takes too long and you screw up too much. And he also said, I wanted to figure out what everybody else already learned so I could get a good head start. After a Cub Scout trip to a senior care center, he came home and complained to his mom. All I did was stand there and sing. I didn't even get to interact with anybody. 
What 14-year-old kid says that? Kevin was more than simply homeschooled. He was part of a movement called unschooling where the kid is allowed to design the curriculum. And in the beginning, the Coopers uh, were happy to homeschool using a standard curriculum. And they both were supervising, of course. But the standard curriculum became completely irrelevant when at six years old, Kevin discovered the instructional videos of billionaire investor Warren Buffett. And as he told the story in his memoir, he asked uh, his dad at six, how do people make money? How do they get rich? He was more than just simply homeschooled though, right? His book that he lived and died by was The Poor Charlie's Almanac. And of course, Billy and Atina broke the bank in order for him to buy it. And at age eight, after a few years of packaged homeschool curriculums, Kevin asked his parents if, they, if, if, if he could design his own lessons. So seeing no harm in the experiment, they agreed. His focus was always on business, called it an entrepreneurial unschooling. And when friends told him they were memorizing the state capitals or the names of rocks, Kevin would try to interest them in corporate tax law or the principles of wealth building. And he launched his business empire at the age of seven by selling rabbits for meat. And his parents fronted him the first five rabbits and helped him remodel the old barn. And soon, according to their account, Kevin was selling his rabbits to restaurants in California using a traveling broker to deliver them. And his parents still aren't sure how he figured all of that out. But by the time he even turned eight, he had formed a limited liability company, an LLC, that was bringing in more than $1,000 a month. With his parents okay, he used the funds from a loan and an insurance settlement related to the rabbits to buy 350 acres of fallow land near his home for $130 an acre when he was nine years old. And then, of course, he went into regenerative agriculture. At times, Kevin's life resembled a, a party game where someone uh, starts with a paperclip and keeps trading up. You've heard of that? The proceeds from his seven-year-old rabbit venture led to the nine-year-old's purchase of the $350 acre ranch. And then he discovered a wealth of information in county property and tax records, including the concept of lawyer's liens. Yeah, he's eight years old. Lawyer who uh, is owed money from a client can put a lien on a client's property. He figured this out. And of course, he found such a situation. Lawyer had totally forgotten about it, offered him half and bought it. He actually, he actually doubled his money when the property sold within a few weeks. His next purchase was 20 acres of land for $100 an acre, where a woman just had simply no interest in paying the taxes on her late husband's little piece of land that he would camp on. So he turned the $2,000 investment into a $20,000 trade with a well driller. The man who Kevin described as a skinny cowboy with a big handlebar mustache, wanted the land and Kevin needed a well on his farm, so they traded. For his 10th birthday, Kevin gave himself a house. He found a house, a piece of property, about uh, seven miles from his home, contacted the owner. She was elderly woman. And uh, she had turned down all the other offers, of course, because she wanted to preserve this 700 square foot, two bedroom home that her father built. She didn't want to see it torn down. So, and she couldn't fix it at her age and she didn't want to keep paying property taxes. So this little 10-year-old struck a deal in trade for the deed to the land. He would pay her back property taxes and her expenses 
clear out her father's possessions from the house. And he promised that he, a 10-year-old boy, would personally restore the home. And it took two years. Countless YouTube videos that he watched and some mentoring by some older contractors, no doubt. But he did it for $10,000. When Billy put his foot down, refused to let, Billy's the dad, refused to let Kevin do the electrical work himself. He found an electrician to actually walk him through it. He wasn't going to not do it. He wrote blog posts in his spare time when most kids are playing video games. He would be up all night writing under the pen name Cole Summers. And with all of his investments, Kevin socked away the loan payments, tax money, operating funds in the bank, and never took out any money for himself or his family until he knew financial obligations for the year were covered. And like any teenager, if he needed pocket money, he would do chores for the neighbors. His parents said his idea of fun was to hire himself out after spending a long day digging post holes for five miles of fencing on his ranch and laying a half mile water line from a solar well to his goat paddock. He couldn't understand why his peers or even adults around him spent so much time scrolling their phones. What a waste of time he must have thought. In 2021, he launched a GoFundMe campaign to raise $100,000 to build an accessible home for his disabled parents who are wheelchair bound. He failed. He only raised $920. But with all of his setbacks, he just considered it another learning experience. He said, if I can't earn it, I'm going to build it. And he began gathering scrap lumber and studying building codes for Adobe construction. Even posted a video telling people that, yes, in fact, he really is a 14-year-old boy when people didn't believe him. Can you imagine accomplishing all of this and writing an autobiography by the time you're 14? In fact, he died in June in a freak kayak accident with his brother. His brother survived, but he drowned. And, you know, most people would probably have never heard of Kevin Cooper, probably don't even really know who Cole Summers is. He would also be Kevin Cooper. But Kevin Cooper shows a very, very big lesson to us right now. A couple of lessons, actually. The reason I wanted to bring this up, not only that, I wanted to pay tribute to a fantastic young man who I think all of us would probably admire right now, right? To do so much for his family and to take on so much and want to learn so much by the young age of 14. He's accomplished more in his life than most of us will in a lifetime. So why am I bringing this up today? Well, there's a couple of reasons. Number one, people are good. No matter what we hear in the news every day, people are good. And you can drive across this entire country and go into every little pocket and corner in town and meet really good-hearted, wonderful people who really care to help. I also look at Kevin's life and what a model it is for taking our kids out of this curriculum that destroys their brains and destroys who they are and doesn't teach them anything, especially with King Fraudalot giving out loans like candy and telling people they are dismissed from their contracts. This kid was raising himself and this kid was basically educating himself the entire way. Why? Because in his unschooling program, he got to set the limits for what he learned. Can you imagine if we gave wings to all of these kids and let them really fly, what would happen? I think these, the youth today, 
you know, we tend to knock them a lot. They're always on their phones taking selfies and everything else. And they can become the butt of a joke easily. But if you really look at it, there are many, many kids out there that are figuring it out just like he did. And many kids that if you can just get them out of the government system, the indoctrination system, you can't even imagine what they could do, I think. And I think we need to give them those opportunities. Get your kids out of the government schools. Let them do these kinds of things. My heart goes out to his family, and I know the, how missed he must be. And to him, what a legacy he leaves behind of knowing what a 14-year-old can accomplish in a lifetime and how many kids really ought to look at this as the inspiring notion that they can do it too. We have good people in this country that really want to save it. And we have good people working their, their guts out to do it and to make a life and a living in this free nation. Let's keep it free. I'm Kate Daly, your guest host for The Alex Jones Show. Thanks for tuning in today. You're listening to Resolution Radio, Radio, Radio. ResolutionRDO.com. We have the new product at InfoWarsLife.com, BioTrue Selenium. We've had so many requests over the years for selenium, and just recently we were able to source a certified organic bioavailable selenium from mustard seed extract. When you take selenium in the body, it actually benefits the detoxification systems in your body. It helps balance the thyroid gland. It helps detoxify. Selenium is another one of those absolute must-haves. The highest concentration of selenium is in the thyroid gland, but it's actually used all over the body. As a matter of fact, there's 25 genes in the body that are directly dependent upon selenium. So it really is a all-around nutrient that everybody really needs. I'm taking it now every day. This is so key. BioTrue Selenium is the product, the best selenium that we could bring you. We believe it's the best out there at a very, very low price. Exclusively available at InfoWarsLife.com or by calling toll-free 888 Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest price filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com.